Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. Earlier this year, I wrote about new research that found hemp compounds have the ability to prevent the virus that causes COVID-19 from entering human cells. The in vitro study published in the Journal of Natural Products was led by Dr. Richard Van Bremen, a researcher at Oregon State University. Recently, the researcher announced the launch of the Van Bremen Company, which aims to achieve wellness through hemp compounds and other botanicals. Joining me now is a lead scientist himself, Richard Van Bremen, along with his co-founder and CEO, Jacob Crabtree. Hi, Richard and Jacob, and welcome to the NutriCast. Hello. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us today. So, Richard, I'll start off with you. What is your background in the cannabis and hemp marketplace? I've been interested in natural products and the discovery of active pharmaceuticals from natural products for almost 40 years. And I've been an analytical chemist and pharmaceutical chemist during that time as well. Once the USDA and the Farm Bill changed the legal status of growing hemp so that we could grow and study it again after so many years of uh, prohibition. The Global Hemp Innovation Center was founded at Oregon State University, of which I am a part. And we started studying hemp at that point, and I've been the leader of a group of faculty looking at hemp as sources of new pharmaceutical agents or other pharmacologically active compounds, because there are many compounds in hemp which have been understudied and are unique to that plant. And uh, what's your background, Jacob? My background in the cannabis market began right as Oregon was legalizing uh, its recreational market between 2015 and 2016. I started on the marijuana side looking at different brands through Oregon's retail marketplace. Um, And after a few um, kind of M&As in that field, moved over into the venture capital space, really spent time investing in, in quite a few different companies to get a a well-rounded view of what was going on throughout the entire supply chain. As that market was really contracting from a price standpoint, hemp was becoming uh, the next big thing. And then the 2018 Farm Bill passed, which led um, my business partner on the hemp side, Billy Toshef and myself, to look at creating a hemp supply chain, really aimed at focusing in helping Oregon farmers get their product to market that involved cultivation, harvesting, drying, and extraction. And since then, we've moved downstream into refinements, food and beverage, co-packing, and and ultimately here in the uh, science and discovery field. Um, And so we're really just trying to stay at the cutting edge of of what's possible with this plant. Uh, We think we've scratched the surface so far of, of what can be done. And we're excited to be working with Richard and his team to continue kind of blazing a a trail forward. Richard, you referenced it a little bit, but tell me more about OSU's Global Hemp Innovation Center. At Oregon State University, we had a close relationship with the USDA, and we're actually a a national center for hemp research beginning in the 1800s. And that ended with the uh, change in the U.S. law in 1936. And then again, when the rules changed on the growing and cultivation of hemp, We started our Global Hemp Innovation Center in 2018. I joined the university, uh, or Oregon State University, that same year, 
in the Linus Pauling Institute and the College of Pharmacy. And then I joined early on the Global Hemp Innovation Center. And it has a, a group of faculty, over 50, who are involved in many stages of hemp research from hemp as a building material, fiber for substitutes for plywood, for brick making, for textiles, all the way to pharmaceutical applications, the discovery of new active compounds, and the use of hemp cannabinoids, hemp flavonoids, terpenes, and so forth. So it's been a, a real pleasure to work with this group. And so your main focus is on the nutraceutical side of things, right? That's been my interest. I'm trained in pharmacology. So I think in terms of drug receptors and how mechanisms of action of drugs might work uh, for natural products uh, as a source of new discovery of drugs. And can you kind of sum up the study I referenced in the intro about the hemp compounds and COVID? Well, certainly. When COVID started, uh, we went to remote learning. Classes in person were canceled. We started doing things on the internet via Zoom and so forth. And many laboratories had to shut down or go to a very small staff so that, so that only a few could be in the laboratory at a time for social distancing. Our laboratory got to stay open with the provision that we started working on hemp, or rather started working on COVID. And so this was an ideal opportunity to apply what we knew about natural product drug discovery to hemp. And we started looking at the very point at which viral infection begins, and that's called cell entry. And in 2020, as we learned more about the virus that causes COVID, we recognized that maybe small molecules could stop the infection from happening in the first place. Of course, there are many other targets after infection occurs, and we have from experience with other viral infections, especially with HIV, knowledge that we can design drugs to attack the virus at different steps like viral proteases, viral RNA-DNA replication, maturation, budding out of the human cell, and so forth. But we decided to attack the virus that causes COVID, SARS coronavirus type 2, at the very beginning of point of entry. So we know that the virus has a crown-like appearance in an electron microscope picture. We've all seen that. And those spikes are called the spike proteins. Those spike proteins bind to the human cell surface at a very specific point, and it recognizes human cells by a protein called ACE2, angiotensin-converting enzyme 2. And when this spike protein of the virus attaches itself to ACE2, the infection process begins. We have already, fortunately, available to many people vaccines that are based on the spike protein structure. And it stimulates the body to make antibodies which bind to the spike protein. The antibodies are large molecular weight proteins that weigh about 150,000. And these large proteins bind to the spike protein and prevent it, literally block it, from binding to ACE2 and infecting human cells. We reasoned that small molecules, if they bind in the right place to the spike protein and with sufficient affinity or binding tightness, that we might be able to interrupt that process with an orally available natural product small molecule. Antibodies are not orally available. They either are used therapeutically by injection or they're produced within the body in response to vaccination. So we proved the principle that small molecules, in particular small molecules from hemp, 
can stop this infection process altogether. Wow. So at what point did you realize this research on hemp and COVID was so impactful? Was there like a, a, a moment where you were just like had to step back and, and realize what a big deal this was? Absolutely. The moment came when we got data from our colleague, Takata Tefeza, who was at Oregon Health and Science University in Portland, Oregon, whose testing with live viruses showed these compounds from hemp, TBDA, CBGA, cannabidiolic acid, cannabidiolic acid, actually worked against the virus in cell culture. We knew from our binding studies that we had high affinity small molecules. We then modeled them using X-ray crystallographic data to show where they bound. We knew that they bound to the right place and had the potential to work, but it wasn't until those actual live virus experiments were done that we were sure we had something. And so what has happened since then? Well, since then, we, of course, done our best to uh, continue the work. I've submitted several grant proposals to the NIH. We've got another one going out at the beginning of June to uh, begin clinical trials of safety and efficacy. And then in parallel, we began the Van Bremen's company with the idea that we could make available a product that we hope would help people stay healthy, make it available as soon as possible, and then have a product which we then could test in clinical trials of safety and efficacy to prove that it really does work as we, as our preclinical in vitro experiments predicted. Was the Van Bremen company something that you always saw yourself doing, or at what point in your career did you realize this was something that you wanted to launch? I never had this in my mind my whole career. I've been an academic for just about 40 years, and I never thought I'd go down this path. But again, I never thought I'd publish a paper that caught the world's attention and literally caused hundreds and hundreds of news agencies to contact us and hundreds of thousands of people to read our paper. I'm just overwhelmed by the the interesting work that we do. And it prompted me to think that maybe we really need to do more than the usual academic process and try to start a company that could just in parallel complement what we're already doing in the university setting. So tell me about the original wellness formula. That's your first product? It is. Our product contains CBDA and CBGA, which we showed in cell culture could prevent the SARS coronavirus 2 from entering human cells. It also contains other cannabinoids that we believe will complement it in a sort of an entourage effect. We believe that there's a great value to different cannabinoids in a spectrum that have the antiviral activity all the way to anti-inflammation activity. COVID has a component of inflammation. We think that the wellness formula can help people stay healthy through hopefully a variety of mechanisms. And so that was released in April. Uh, What has been the response so far? Well, Jacob can tell us more about the response. I've still got my head focused on doing research and, and finding out more about how cannabinoids can help people stay well. The response so far has been really good. We, you know, really are just selling online now and working to get into more and more retail stores so that we get more exposure to consumers. However, it's been 
paired with an uptick in virus viral infection over the last few weeks. And therefore, we've been able to get our product in the hands of, of many people who, you know, maybe in households or work settings where coworkers or family members are contracting COVID and, and they're taking our product with reportedly good effects from uh, preventing infection. But we've also had quite a bit of feedback from people who have had COVID who started to take our product, reduce symptoms. So, so far, the feedback has been great. Of course, there's a lot more research and trials and studies to do on our end, but the, the initial feedback has been really nice to see. I go every day by telephone, by email, by text, thanking me for this paper. I, I've never encountered this kind of response before. All the feedback has been very positive. People are telling us their anecdotes about how they're staying healthy, how their relatives are doing better than before. They're taking our product, they're taking other products that are similar, but all the news is good. I think we've got a product which is safe and hopefully eventually we'll show it's effective. I read somewhere that maybe you're gonna be seeking FDA approval. We do plan to seek FDA approval. We have already began some of the initial phases of that, preparing for in-human trials. And this is really just to continue to study the safety and efficacy of the product. And we hope to begin that here before the summer um, as we're just gathering all the resources necessary to do that, as well as aligning some team members here that will be instrumental in the process. So what's the reasoning behind that? I mean, I know you mentioned safety, but you could still explore safety as a nutraceutical, right? We could. Ultimately, you know, we want this to be prescribed or at least the constituents within it prescribed to patients. So that is the reason why we're heading down this road. But we do want to understand its potential side effects and and other interactions on top of the safety and efficacy as well. Okay. And, you know, obviously you both work deeply in in the hemp industry. What do you make of the FDA's stance on CBD? Do you think it ever will be approved as a dietary ingredient? I'm going to pass that one over to Richard. That's an interesting question. Of course, we cannot predict what's going to happen, but we understand the current regulatory situation. There is a CBD drug, Epidiolex, which is approved for the treatment of certain forms of juvenile epilepsy. So CBD, by definition, is an FDA-approved drug. That's not going to change. And so, by law, any products that contain it are by definition, pharmaceutical agents. Even an extract of of hemp that contains CBD falls under the jurisdiction of a FDA-approved drug-containing product. So I think there will be other approved uses of cannabidiol, CBD particularly. I think there will be in the future other hemp-based natural products that will be approved as pharmaceutical agents for very specific diseases or health-related situations. So that's the present situation as it is. As a nutraceutical, I think we cannot have a drug that's a nutraceutical that's already approved for a very specific single disease function. Mm-hmm. There's natural, there's botanical dietary supplements, there's nutraceuticals, and then there's pharmaceuticals. I think CBD is in the pharmaceutical category currently, and that will stay in that category. Okay, so you don't see that changing. Now, I know your company intends to develop other plant-based products for health and wellness. 
Do you see yourself as a pharma company or a nutraceutical company? Well, I've been studying botanical dietary supplements for several decades, and I've learned a lot about how these supplements can help people stay well and prevent uh, all sorts of problems that are mainly related to aging and stress and oxidative stress in particular. I have some ideas about new products that we could produce in that category of botanical dietary supplements. But of course, whenever possible, if we can identify active constituents that could be converted and approved by FDA as pharmaceutical agents, we will definitely go that direction. Okay, so that's your preference then? I see us doing both. Okay. What else are you working on? Are there any products or research you can share with us? My laboratory has been focused on the discovery of natural products with pharmacological activity for a very long time. We have a unique approach to this natural product drug discovery that utilizes the selectivity, speed, and sensitivity of mass spectrometry. So we will continue to use this tool to discover new active agents. Currently, we're looking at other targets in the SARS coronavirus type 2 COVID-19 pathway. I mentioned that we could attack the virus at the cell entry point. The next step in that process is a viral specific protease. And we have already a mass spectrometry based assay to find ligands that can prevent the action of that viral enzyme called the protease. I will add the fact that you know, our original wellness formula was really meant to emulate Richard's research as closely as possible and, and speed to market so that we could get it in people's hands. But we are beginning, you know, formula two, three, four iterations of that as we seek to add other nutrients to that to help people, you know, remain healthy and, and look at it more as a holistic daily product to be taking that also helps prevent COVID. So we have quite a few things in the works right now. And then, you know, we really see ourselves as a discovery company. So we want to, you know, keep Richard busy in the lab there, uh, working on a variety of, of new discoveries so we can band together and look at all sorts of diseases uh, that we can prevent through small molecules and plant-based compounds. And Richard, you mentioned you've been doing this for over 40 years. Any plans to retire? My father was a, uh, a lab person, he did research and was an academician. My grandfather was an academician, it's sort of in my blood. I'm going to keep working as long as my health allows it because I enjoy what I do, I love what I do. And uh, this is the highest point of my career thus far. I'm so happy to, that it's had this breakthrough that's really caught the attention of people all over. Uh, I'm so excited to keep continuing this work, and I hope we have another discovery like this in the near future. That is so good to hear. Sometimes it takes four or five decades before you reach that pinnacle of your career, right? It would be great if it happened 20 years ago, but I'm delighted it's happened now. <laughs> well, lots of exciting new developments. Dr. Richard Van Bremen and Jacob Crabtree, thank you both so much for joining me here on the NutriCast. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation to join you. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutraCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutra-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutraCast next week.